Safe House Distilling Company allowed us to bring new friend of the show, Eric Kramer, on live at Radio Row. Eric talked to us about his playing days and his post-career antics. Welcome back to Radio Row. And, uh, boys, if we haven't done more than one, two, or three interviews with uh, sports-adjacent individuals, actors, and, and comedians, and musicians. But, uh, hey, forget all that. Let's get some quarterbacks in let's here. Let's get, get back to sports. Yeah, let's get some oh, cards. On. Eric Kramer is joining us. And, uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Yeah. Uh, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Didn't take me long to get down here, but an hour's drive. So from two go. blocks away, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's faster to walk in this town. Uh, obviously, storied career. Play, you played all over the NFL. Uh, I mean, played in Canada. You yeah. Know, yeah. Right. You, right. Yeah. You've thrown Up a ball in Calgary. To, to a lot of people in a lot of different places. Uh, let's start off talking about the game then. Talk about the quarterbacks that are out there. The young kid, I think, is going to be the next one, and and kind of the the journey, not journeyman, but the established veteran who's got a, one big shot at it. I I agree with you. So I think Joe Burrow is probably the next coming of well, there's a few of them, but he in particular, um, he never loses. And yeah. and not only that, right. but he wins when you don't think he's going to also. And he's just the talent that he has and the maturity and the leadership qualities he has. You can see when he walks into a room or into a huddle, people rally around him. And that's for a reason because he's pretty damn good. And then you mentioned Matthew Stafford who kind of went into these playoffs with people going, well, he didn't win a playoff game in Detroit. And all along we bought into – it was really the people around him. But then all of a sudden he hit the skids, and then was it really the people around him? Right. right. But he really answered that. And so that's why I think if you want to talk further about beyond the quarterbacks, I think the Rams, top to bottom, offense, defense, defensive line, offensive, whatever we're talking about, they're better. And it's just a matter of them not making crucial mistakes. What I kind of think might happen is, you know, they jump out to an early lead, and so the third quarter there, the, the Bengals made me make a start a comeback, and then it's going to be up to the Rams. Do you not make the cost of mistake? How important, I'm going to take a pivot here. Um, we were talking before the show, and you, you brought up mental health. How important is that post-career in football? Wow, that's everything. What a great question. I think that uh, it, so life has a bunch of transitions. Right. And probably none bigger than that because like me so i started playing youth football at eight or nine years old wow and so i didn't stop playing till i was 35 and at that i retired not because my choice just physically right. i had a neck injury and so then it was like find your neck best thing to do well that's not quite easy all right. the time so I, I literally started coaching youth football my son's team and uh that without getting into it it led to me Fox was kind of exploding onto the NFL scene at that time. Right. And so I got started with them doing NFL Europe and some NFL games and uh, some studio work. And so that went on for about a decade. And I, I'd say I was blessed in that regard. Right. Um, and then, but I think for a lot of guys, um, you know, the NFL itself has done quite a bit just in the last maybe couple years where there's actually... Within the NFL, it's called the Legends community. Within the Legends community, there are all kinds of things, one of which is life after the game. Right. And uh, I sat in on Zoom, headed up by a former um, Ken Rutgers, former uh, tackle with, the, with, the, uh, with the, uh, the Packers. And he's like, and, and 
now you know he's uh, he's very uh, firmly entrenched in what he's doing beyond life. Uh, but he says, when I was my first couple years, I wore the retired guy's uniform, which was sweats. Wow. And my mo- wow. my wife was like, okay, I think it's time. Yeah. And, and so, but I, but in terms of mental health, I think some people stumble. Correct. And um, case in point, there's a friend of mine that I played college football with, and he, he himself went on to play in the pros a while. Actually won a couple Super Bowls. And then now he's a high school athletic director and, and football coach, head football coach. And he ran into a situation probably in the last three or four years where he had some family members pass away, brother and a mother. And he was kind of professionally disillusioned with the school. Right. He, he was going to help his vision for this school right. wasn't apparently what the school's vision was. Mm-hmm. And so he fell into a little part where he kind of didn't quite know himself. And so in talking with him, I could tell that, and he's better now, but I could tell that at age 56 or 7 or whatever he was then, it just wasn't, mm, like it was, this is the first time he'd ever encountered that. Right. So the program I think you're alluding to that I'm helping to, to start is for young kids. And it came out of that experience for right. me. Mm-hmm. The mental health me- mentorship program. program right. Right, right. Working with fourth and fifth grade kids to start out. Wow. And helping them to identify in a little group setting some characteristics that they admire in hopefully themselves. Uh, and But in others, could be a coach, could be a fellow friend could be a parent who knows and you start to pull this eventually this little support network or home team together that you can then start to talk with about whatever is going on in life good or bad and so by the time you get to be a senior in high school that's great that's great this is now who you are not the guy at 50 that can't deal with this stuff yeah, mental health mentorship program. I mean, there's there's a lot of X's in the equation mm-hmm. when it comes to good mental health. Mm-hmm. And are are you trying to reach out to the youth to stop this generational transmission of maybe bad habits that lead to mental health? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say stop anything. I would say promote talking about things because those things happen to you, to you, to you, to me all day, all every day. All three of us now. Sure. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. And so boys, girls, and so the idea is we're all going to encounter something at some age in life. Yeah. And when the stakes are small, seemingly small when you're younger, then as they as your challenges go up and out, uh, you're equipped with you and the people around you who you've constructed. You don't right. get to construct your family. Mm-hmm. Right. You do get to construct this. Right. And so, anyway, that's the hope. You knew at the end of your playing career in 99 that you were done due to physical injury. Yeah. When did you know that mentally you were at a place where you were ready to start making some changes and accept in your personal growth an approach that was going to be better for you and the loved ones that surrounded you? Well, that even happened when I was playing. Yeah. Uh, back as early as 1990 uh, when I was with the Lions. And I actually went. Uh, I, I sought out the that, – the, team internist doctor at that time was Dr. Birch. And I said, hey, I, you know, having some issues here at home, I would like the help of somebody that you might recommend. Mm-hmm. And the person's name he gave me was Kevin Wildenhouse. So 
we, we began seeing him, and not because of anything he did, but it just wasn't working. Turns out, Kevin was an unbelievable, like, sports psychologist. Not professionally trained to be one, I don't think, but he was just a very good listener. Huh. But he could also get involved with what really did it was, like, guided imagery. And so being able to control your breathing and anticipate what's going to happen. And that was, so we stuck together for 10 years. Wherever I was, he was. Wow. And, um, and so Kevin is also helping me through this as well. And is somebody going to be involved from that side of things? Even though Kevin's no longer a um, licensed psychologist, he, w I believe, worked with Johnson & Johnson now, but probably in a similar role. But he's still... Um, and very in tune with what to do and how to do it. And so I think he's going to play a nice role in this mentorship program as well. And Kevin is still connected with uh, the Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. And so he kind of knows this, this life. Eric, and this is unfortunate for us because we're kind of up against it, but I want to make sure we have everything out there yes. for all the friends of our show. Where is the social media? Where is the website? Where can those that are interested in being part of the mental health membership program connect with you? As of today, you can't. Okay. So <laughs> I'm here promoting it. Planting that oh, seed. There we so go. Because yeah. we're going to launch it probably within about 60 days, there 30 we go. to 60 days. And we're going to pick a, a local boys and girls club after school program mm -hmm. and let it roll and uh, get some Rams and Vols with it, and here we go. Eric Kramer, thank you for being uh, not just part of this show, but a part of the community that's around you. I this, appreciate that. It's an absolute you. big deal to us. We're two men on. Eric Kramer live from Radio Row on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.